0: Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We looked at one verse last week. It took a long time. <laughs> okay? And uh, there was so much said about it. Let me just begin by reading verses 13 through 15 because that forms a complete thought. Um, although verses 16 and 17 then go on to talk about why. James says all of this right now, uh, which we will look at, hopefully, if the Lord allows me to go go that far. But in verse 13, James says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. You know, we could just stop there. Most of the church today says that. And if the church stops saying that, maybe we'll start hearing from God a little bit more. Because if you think God is behind your problems, you'll stop listening to him. That's right. And you'll turn away from him. He says, let no one say. Right. That, that means nobody gets to say this. Absolutely. Amen. Did you hear what I said? The church says it, but James says, let no one say. Hmm. And he says, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt, He himself tempt anyone. Verse 14, he says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed, verse 15, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now, I mentioned this before, but what's spoken of in James chapter 1 and verse 2, remember when he said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That word, so much of the time, now the King James Uh, translates that word as temptation, but that's not correct. It is actually a different Greek word. It is slightly different to the one in verse 13. Different enough for one to talk about trials, and for the other one to talk about being enticed, being tempted. Do you understand? And so, so many don't see that, and so many preach on these two verses like they're the same thing, and they are not. Are you you with me? Okay, so if I had time, I'd go through the Greek and everything, but I don't have that time. (laughs) This is not Bible college. Now, remember again that we looked at verse 13 last time, and I made some comments regarding it. One of the things that we looked at was in Romans chapter 7, where the apostle Paul said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Remember when we were talking about the fact that temptation takes time temptation requires our cooperation that's right. we can't be, no temptation doesn't happen suddenly it's long and drawn it's a slow cooker that's right are you all with me okay and so that's one of the reasons why we looked at some of the quotes that talked about the fact that God is not even indirectly responsible for anyone's temptation. And the word used here is only used here to say that God is incapable of being tempted. There's nothing in him that can be tempted. Are you all with me? And because of that, there is absolutely no way he'll ever tempt anybody else. Are you all with me? Amen? So that's the reason why that thing doesn't work. And that's why James says, don't ever say... I'm being tempted by God because, and he he mentions that he says because God is incapable of being tempted by evil. That's right. And he said because of that, He's never the source of our temptation. Never. Yes. This is really important because uh, why am I harping on this? A lot of problems that we have is because we kind of think God's behind our problem, yes. and so we don't deal with the problem, and that is the devil and us. That's right. <laughs> We keep pushing it off to God. And as long as we keep doing that, we'll never step into that place where we become that supernatural church. Yeah. That's where we're headed for, by the way. Yeah. Are you all here? Amen? Now, you know, <laughs> you, you can't have one foot there and one foot over here. That's right. <clears throat> you can't live like the world and then on Sunday suddenly have all the gifts work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So that's why we're talking about this. Yeah. We need to get that foot out of the world. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know all of this is leading to power? Yeah. This isn't about what we're taking away from you. This is this is all about what you are opening the door to. Yeah. The power of God. The presence of God. Yeah. The glory of God. Yeah. The That's miracles right. of God. Right. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen! So that we can be the sons of God. And I'm using that. I'm not going to say daughters because... Uh, the reason I want to say sons of God is because the son lives in men and women. So I don't want to distinguish that and say there's one lesser than the other. The Jesus that's in Christina is no different than the Jesus that's in me. Are you all here? So she's a son of God in that sense. Do you, do you see what I'm trying to say? Okay. Of course she's female. But she has the son living in her. Hallelujah. Okay, <laughs> we, <laughs> we looked at some scriptures last week where Paul was complaining a little bit, and you know, he yeah. said, uh, the, will, the let me just read some of these things, when he said, uh, again, in uh, Romans uh, seven eighteen, let me just run through a few scriptures, because I, I got a bit more insight into this, so let me just give that to you before we move on, okay? All right, I'm not asking you permission, I'm just telling you. All right, so <laughs> Romans 7, 18, <laughs> like you have a choice, it <laughs> Remember again, he said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, or I have the desire to do what is good, but how to perform what is good I do not find. And verse 19, he said, For the good that I will to do, I, I do not, but the evil that I, I, I will not to do, I practice. And then verse 24, Wretched man that I am. Remember, we went down that road. But I want you to notice in verse 25, he sa- remember he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, which in the New Living Translation, I, I like it, th- that version better because it says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now he said that assuming that they had heard what he had said earlier. What did he say earlier? This is what I want to share with you. Back in Romans chapter 6, this is the chapter before 7, you know 6 comes before 7? Okay, all right. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, he said, oh, have you, or, or have you forgotten that when we became Christians, we were baptized to become one with Christ Jesus, we died with him. Brother, did I die? Yes. Now, I want to talk to you about this today for a little bit, okay? Because I don't want to just tell you the problem. I want to tell you the solution. Can I get it? Okay, amen. All right. Verse 7, it says, for when we died with Christ... We were set free from the power of sin. Are you you getting this? This is the reason why he said thank God for Jesus Christ. Right? This is the reason why. Because he had just mentioned earlier that we died with him. Because we died with him, he says, and I really love this, he says we were set free from the power. He didn't say from sin, but the power of it. See, we can sin if we want to. But the difference now is there's no, sin has no power over us. Th- this is something we need to receive right now in the name of Jesus. And whenever something attacks you, you and you know, you're being trying to be tempted, just say sin has no power over me. Amen. Do, do you understand the power of those words? Yes. You need to say that because then you are telling whatever is trying to, tempt you and drag you down, which is what it's talking about. And we'll see that when we get to those verses, what it's trying to do that you, as soon as you open your mouth, as soon as you say these words, you have no power over me. It loses its grip. Because not even God trespasses your will. He doesn't override your will. And he has not allowed the devil to do it. But the devil is a thief. He'll try to steal stuff. He'll try to get away with anything that he can get away with. While you don't know, you will suffer. God said, my people, my people. Not pagans out there that don't know me. He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You all getting this? Let's not be them. All right. So... (laughs) uh, Let me all read all of this, and then I'll talk to you, okay? Verse 13, jump down to verse 13. There's a thought that is following here. I'd love to read all the verses, but it's too much. And I have to put them all in the the video. So, (laughs) no, no, I want to get through this quickly. Okay, so notice again, he says, number one, in verse three, that we died with him. In verse seven, because we died, we were set free from sin or the power of sin. Verse 13, he says, do not let any part... Because of this, okay? Because we've been set free from the power of sin. He says, do not let... This is your choice. He says, you don't let... Don't let this happen, okay? He says, do not let any part of your body become a tool for wickedness. Or of wickedness to be used for sinning. Did you see that? He said, that thing doesn't have any power over you. So don't allow yourself to do anything wrong. Don't go... Don't let the devil... Lie to you and said, "Well, you're no different, you're a dirty old father or uncle or whatever else. Yeah. Mm. Your father now is God. Yeah. You change bloodlines. Mm. Don't make those excuses. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, and what she says here, instead give yourselves completely to God, since you have been given new life, and use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. How clear is that? Verse 14. I love this. He says, sin no longer is no longer your master. Sin is no longer your master. Sin is no longer your master. Amen. So do you see two things? Number one, you are dead to the power of sin, or you are set free from the power of sin, and you are dead to sin. Hey. It's no longer your master. And notice he says, For you are no longer subject to the law, which enslaves you to sin. Instead, you are free by God's grace. See, th- there's a lot in that, okay? Let me just give you the capsule version. People asked for the law. God said, You can't keep it. They said, No, give it. Give it. We'll keep it. So he said, All right, have the law. So they couldn't keep it. And so every time they tried to keep the law, they sinned. If you sin on one point, you sin on all points. Because you sin. Because now you know. Are you all with me? And so he's saying, listen, we, we were always meant, I think this is really interesting and important that you get a hold of this. So many people talk about the law, the Old Testament, and everything else. It was never God's you know, plan to have a law in the Old Testament. Which tells us that he always wanted to deal with us by grace. Amen. That's right. Through faith. That's why it's only those who are of the faith of Abraham are children. Not the law, but the faith. People say, how did God deal with people in the Old Testament? Same way he deals with us now, faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Are you all with me? Okay, now, I want to talk to you about, let me just go back here now for a little bit. I want you to notice a couple of things, okay? When we died with him, let, let, me, let me rephrase this. Let me ask you a question. It's not a trick question. You can answer it. Have you ever seen a dead body in a cemetery sin? <laughs> no. I'll wait. No? Oh, you saw somebody? No. <laughs> no, I mean, one of the dead ones or the live ones. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm making a point here. Please get a hold of this. This is a big revelation if you get it. If you are dead to sin, it means that whenever sin tries to tempt you to do something, you just go, I'm dead. <laughs> it's like a man trying to go shopping with the wife he's dead to shopping he loses all strength as he goes into the (laughs) and the wife sees the the, the, the despair that he's in and says here dear there's a seat sit down (laughs) and and we sit and we go thank God You know, we just have no life. Of course, if we see something we like. Oh, dear God. Suddenly the life comes back in. Suddenly there is strength and power. We'll take the next mountain. That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm making a point. What you need to do on purpose is when sin comes your way. Go, oh, I just don't have it in me. I'm just dead to sin. I have no strength to do anything. And when righteousness comes along, ta-da! I'm here, Lord. Why do you say that? Well, let's, let's read in verse 18. He says, no, you are free from sin, your old master, and you have become slaves to your new master, righteousness. Oh, Hallelujah. We need to learn to be dead to the things that displease God. I mean, dead to them. Are you all here? When you were crucified with Christ, you died. What did you die to? Not righteousness, sin. You died to sin. If we can get to the place when sin comes to us, we're a dead body to it. And I'm using those words on purpose, we are, the body because the body is the problem. You noticed it's not your spirit; it's your body. Your spirit wants to worship God, and your body goes, "Yeah, just give us another ten minutes." And it's an hour later, and then suddenly we don't have the time that we want to spend with God. Your body will trick you in every single way. <laughs> I'm gonna say other things, but I'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> please get this revelation today I want you to get this revelation today when you're being tempted first of all don't think it's God therefore understand because it's the devil you need to be dead to the thing That's right, amen. and just don't allow your body don't give your body the life to do that thing yeah. whatever it is it could be anything yeah. just don't give it the life just don't give it yeah. permission amen yeah. all right so we we (laughs) you know there's something else i want to share with you very quickly some people sadly we know not all christians do this all right not all christians listen to the apostle paul not all christians will you know be in this position or put themselves in the position where they are dead to sin and alive to righteousness okay and so much of the time you know the 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 body of christ looks at people like that and thinks they're not saved how can they be saved doing these things? The Apostle Paul calls them something very interesting. They, he calls them a carnal Christian. I want to read something from you. It's in my footnotes, but I want to, can I read it to you? Because I think it's important that you guys see this and, and hear this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, boy, I tell you the Corinthians, boy, <laughs> if there was a carnal church anywhere, they were what? They were, and you know what's so interesting? That's where all the gifts are found. Didn't that tell you something? You don't have to be super spiritual to walk in the gifts. So don't let the devil lie to you about that either. Okay? All right. So, <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 3. I want to read verses 1 through 3. He says, And I, brethren, brethren. Everybody say brethren. 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 Who is he talking to? Brethren. It's not a church, not a movement. No, brethren. (laughs) No, no, no. He's talking to his brothers and sisters. If you don't read that word, you're going to miss everything. You need to see that word to understand he's not talking about the world. He's talking about his dear brothers and sisters. And he says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Did you see that? See, that's why everybody doesn't read the brethren and go to the spiritual people and go, oh, he's not talking about spiritual, he's not talking about Christians, he's talking about the world. No, he's talking about runs. I know, I polarized it. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Okay, <laughs> he says that I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. He qualifies what he means by carnal by saying, by saying you are still babies in Christ. That's a carnal Christian. Verse 2, he says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. Verse 3, for you are still carnal. For where there are, where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men or people who haven't or who don't belong to the Lord? Now he says you're behaving like. He didn't say you were. This is a very hard thing for people to swallow because, and I've read so many commentaries. And I think, dude, you don't understand the carnal Christian still. What happens is a lot of times, You know, and I understand where they come from. So I'm going to explain this to you. So many people that write those commentaries and so on and so forth, you know, they have sold out to God. They can't for the life of them imagine somebody behaving this way, who's a Christian, because they look at their own lives. And they say, I could never, ever do that, say that, be that way. So as far as I'm concerned, if you're, not, if you're doing that stuff, you're not saved. And that's a good thought to have on one side so that you never cross over, so that you never say, well, I can do that stuff too and be a Christian. Hello. To whom much is given, much is required. The more you know, the more is expected from you. However, you need to be careful that you're not putting everybody in the same pot as you. Yeah. You need to see how diverse and varied the body of Christ is. In good ways and bad ways. <laughs> you know? And you think, really Lord? That's a Christian? You sure are not going to say I never knew you? You know, because I don't know if I want to know them. <laughs> okay? They're bad advertising. Do you know that whole scripture about I never knew you? People still don't catch a hold of what was said there. They said, we've done all these things. Y'all know people can lie. He said, I never knew you. You workers of iniquity. Anything that they said they did in his name wouldn't have been a work of iniquity. And this, I lied. That's why he says you workers of iniquity, which means whatever you did wasn't in my name. It wasn't for me. It wasn't done as unto me. It wasn't even Christian. You guys were trying to pull. So remember, he, the, the, you know, the Apostle John talked about false prophets and false uh, um, apostles see we don't see all that stuff what's what are, what are false prophets and apostles these people that say they're doing things in the name of the Lord That's right. but they have nothing to do with God are you all with me and so I, my question is who do you think lied did Jesus lie when he said I never knew you because he said whenever one sinner gets saved he knows you man he knows every hair on your head That's He's getting to know me less and less. But, you know, <laughs> I'm waiting for more to come out, but anyway, okay. It's not a big problem. But, you know, the thing is, how can we on one hand say that, you know, God even knows the number of hairs on your head, and then he suddenly looks at you and goes, I-, I don't know you. Who are you? I thought you were counting hairs yesterday. Today you don't know me? No, there's something wrong with that. As far as I'm concerned, when you get saved, God knows you. Angels rejoice, all sorts of wonderful things happen. And then, you know, if you don't grow up, you're carnal, and you're naughty, and all that sort of stuff, okay? And we have to keep kind of, you know, get your act together, dude, you're a bad advertisement. It's not that you're not saved, you just carnal. Are you all with me? But then there are those that are not at all. So don't get them mixed up. Remember the Apostle John, when he's talking about, you know, in his epistle, remember he says, these are the children of God, and these are the children of the devil. Remember he made the distinction, and then he talks about everybody that's practicing sin are those people. Do you know what it is? Unrepentant sin makes you a carnal Christian. Please get what I'm saying here. Whenever you mess up, because we're talking about, okay, whenever you're tempted, no, not to say I'm tempted from, tempted by God, okay? That the temptations are coming from God. But you, And in doing that, you need to understand that that means you're the one that is engaged in this thing. And you're the one that needs to ask for forgiveness, not makes excuses. Are you all here? And so as you do that, whenever you ask for forgiveness, what does the Bible promise? That he will forgive you and cleanse you forgive you, and cleanse you, which means there's nothing that can be found on you. How can he then point to you and say, I didn't know you or, you know, anything else bad? Mm, the ones that are carnal are the ones that decide that they want to, you know, they're not going to ask for forgiveness. It's, Bless God, what I did to them, they deserve that. And God says, don't do stuff like that. You're being carnal. Envy, strife, jealousy. Are you all with me? All right. I, I, I'm sorry I'm spending so much time on this, but it is something that we need to clear out of you know, our lives. Yeah. We need to learn how to be dead to these things. We need to know how to confess these things and get them out. We need to know that some days we are carnal, but God hasn't you know thrown us out of the family. He's just saying, hurry up and get back in. And we need to also understand that that's not talking about those people that said we did all these things in your name. Because they lied. Because he says something, you shall know them by their fruit. That's where it comes in. So if you did all of these things in in, my, in his name, there would have been fruit. I don't have time to preach on all that. Anyway. Is, yeah, okay. All right, back to this. Let me turn the page. Turn the page. Okay. <laughs> How many minutes do I have to get on to verse 14? Oh, forget it. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> you know, was, was this, are you getting something out of this? I, I truly do. Okay. pray that you are because it is so important that you get some of these revelations. Mm-hmm. So what do you say when, when you start getting tempted? I am dead to sin. I'm dead to this thing. You don't have any power over me. You need to say this stuff. Because otherwise he let it come in and, it's, and it starts whispering in your ear. And instead of rejecting the thing, instead of putting it down, those imaginations begin. And so we don't cast them down, like the Apostle Paul says. Casting down every imagination that exalts itself above the Word of God. Amen? Amen? Okay, so... Verse 14. <laughs> uh, we're back in James 1. All right. Because remember again, we looked at one more thing, and that was in 1 uh, John 1, 5, that God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Amen? And so he says in verse 14, Now he says, but each one is tempted, and he's going to show us where all our troubles come from. He says, but each one is tempted when he or she is drawn away. Look at those two words, drawn away. Okay, there's a lot in those two words. Drawn away by his or her own desires, which also is translated lust, and enticed. That word enticed relates back to the temptation. The Greek word for temptation is to entice. That's the reason why it's put here as well. So that word is actually quite key to everything that is being talked about. It is, you know, sin entices you. It says, come on over. You know, nobody will know, nobody will see. Just come here. Let's uh, spend some time together. (laughs) Okay? I'm not talking about just sexual stuff. I'm talking about anything. Let's think about how we can tell this person off. No, we won't do anything. We'll just, you know, let's just think about it. You know, somebody does something wrong to you, what do you do? You take them to the torture chamber in your brain and you let them have it. But I didn't say anything. Lord's sitting there with his popcorn watching the whole movie. And he's going, wow, we really need to talk. You know? right, so. Anyway. So. <laughs> in, in fact in the literal text it says in, in verse 14 instead it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil did you did you hear those words it is a person's own okay desires and thoughts that drag them your desires and thoughts will drag you into things can they be can they be dragging you into something good Instead of something bad? You know when you meditate on the word of God, it drags you into the presence of God. It drags you into the power of God. And you start saying and doing things you never thought you'd say and do to bless people and to honor God. Just like this thing drags you and you say and do things that you thought you would never do. That if If somebody had asked you over here, would you ever do that? Oh, never. And it dragged you into that thing. Nobody is exempt, okay? (laughs) So I don't want to see any halos. So it says here again, instead it it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and once hooked by by the bait of evil, their own desires, they are lured away and beguiled. See, once it drags you away, you're just, you're beguiled. Do you know that's what the snake does? It beguiles its prey you know have you seen those little cartoons and the little circles and you know like just Mm. you know and that's it they don't go anywhere they could run but they sit there stunned that's what sin does it beguiles you then you wake up to yourself and go what did I just do what just happened but that didn't happen until you first said yes to it over here. Mm. Did you get that? Yeah. There's a place where it becomes a problem where, you know, no matter how much you're willing, will to get away from it, it's just dragging you further and further. But that didn't happen by accident. It happened on purpose. That's right. It happened because you gave permission over here. Yes. But once it gets past a certain point, it, listen to me. It almost doesn't need your permission because you're fighting yourself. There's a part of you that is just saying yes to it and wants to say yes to it. I'm just being honest with you. We need to acknowledge this. Okay. Accordingly, Simon J. Kissamak, are you happy, Andrew? There is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> He didn't give us any quotes by Kismak today. Okay, Simon <laughs> J. Kismak in his commentary says that some people try to excuse sin by saying, the devil made me do it. You know Flip Wilson? <laughs> <Okay. All right. laughs> but this excuse does not hold. For man himself is responsible for his own sin. The cause lies within ourselves. According to the Apostle James. Okay, Our desires... Lead us into temptation. Our desires lead us into temptation. And if we are not controlled by the Spirit of God, they lead us into sin. If we are not controlled by the Spirit of God, we need to allow the Spirit to control us. He won't ever um, override your will. Did you get that? He's a gentleman. He'll wait on you. But can I say this from experience? When I say to him, don't let me go past a certain point with whatever. Whoo, he takes, because that's my will, he takes me seriously. And then I get to a certain point and boom, something happens. And suddenly I wake up, so to speak. And the spirit said, you asked me to tell you, you know. Okay, you know, sometimes you just get irritated over something and you want to have a bad attitude. Okay, let's just talk about everyday stuff. Because I know you're thinking, well, I'll never take drugs and I'll never go shoot somebody and I'll never... (laughs) Let's talk about you just getting mad. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and things can just pile up, can't they? Mm. And you (laughs) said... And the spirit says, now you said... You wouldn't get mad. You, you, regardless of what happens, there's no excuse. Yeah, but. And then we go for it. And then a little bit later, we go, oh, you're right. <laughs> mm. Sorry. I have learned something. I have learned something. I'll share this wisdom with you. If you don't have anything good to say, shut up. <laughs> right. I mean, they could see it in your face, but no words came out. Yeah. You might go. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't say anything. Yeah. Nothing needed to be retracted. So when you open this thing, all the problems start. I have learned to shut up. hmm <laughs> I could give you examples, and I won't. All right. So <laughs> As John MacArthur puts it, the problem is not, listen, the problem is not a tempter from without, but the traitor within. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> The Apostle Paul makes this clear in Romans chapter 7. When he says in verses 15 and 17, I don't understand myself at all. For I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. Verse 17, but I can't help myself because it is sin inside me that makes me do these evil things. Remember, that is the sin that you invited in. That is the sin that you said yes to. That is a sin that has found its place in you now. And it is now running your life. Are you getting this? <laughs> That's why he said, oh, wretched man. am I?" Okay. All right. Now, I want to read this. And we might have to stop here because I've, I've gone at a time. <clears throat> so even though the devil, also known as the tempter, we're going to look at that. Okay. Because that's important. Because that's where most of the problem is as well. We don't recognize a tempter. We recognize God. We recognize sin in ourselves. We recognize ourselves and our fallen nature. We don't recognize a tempter. The Apostle Paul identifies a tempter and temptation. But look at that in First Thessalonians. Okay? Okay? <laughs> in 1 Thessalonians, we'll go look at that But uh, and we'll talk about those two things because that's where part of the problem is because sometimes you know in, in identifying a tempter you suddenly realize that this isn't just about yourself yeah. something is invading your space your thought life yeah. you're with me? you need to call that thing out because only when you recognize it will you resist it Will you draw near to God, resist it, and it will flee? But if you don't ever recognize a thing, you, and, and don't draw near to God and resist it, it will stay there and chat to you forever. Yeah. Until it was all your fault. That's from the, it's later. Okay, so... <laughs> so again, even though the devil, also known as the tempter, is the root cause of of all temptation, John MacArthur explains that the phrase each one is tempted and the phrase his own desire describes the individual nature of lust. It is different for each person as a result of inherited tendencies, environment, upbringing, and personal choices. The Greek grammar also indicates that these desires are the direct agent or cause of one's sinning. So, I want you to notice something as I really like that as well. There are things from your past. There are things from your life, from where you've come from. You need to recognize all of those things. You need to break away from a lot of those things if they're not godly. Don't, don't bring the culture card in. Oh, but that is in our culture. Change your culture. Oh, you are being wanting a Western culture. No, a godly culture. (laughs) See, people have this issue. They say, oh, this is a Western gospel. It isn't. This is a heavenly gospel. Are you all with me? And if the Western people do something wrong, then it fix that too. Because they excuse a lot of stuff too. I mean, both East and West got their own problems. (laughs) Okay? They all need to repent of stuff. They all need to change the way they think about things. They all need to become ambassadors. They need to become citizens of heaven and follow after its laws and its principles now. Are you with me? Amen? And so, and that brings peace into the home. That brings love into our hearts and our lives. That brings God's provision into everything that we, you know, every area of our life, physical, spiritual, emotional, whatever. But as long as we don't make excuses, I have learned not to make excuses. I have not, I have learned not to say, well, that's just how I am. Well, change it. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I changed a lot of things in my life. A lot of things. Anyway, I said I'd stop, didn't I? Hmm, we'll stop, all right. <laughs> let me turn the page, don't turn the page. Oh, I have to read this. I turned the page. <laughs> I gave in to temptation. <laughs> Look, I sinned. <laughs> okay, I, I've said accordingly, so this is connected to the last thought, so let me just read this, okay? Accordingly, Archentius explains that James well knew that Satan is busy tempting believers to sin, but also knew that the root of the problem is our own evil. We should never be... (laughs) This is good. I need to leave you with this because it's a little funny. We should never be surprised by this, as was the young priest who served in the confessional for the first time, accompanied by an older senior priest. At the end of the day, the older priest took him aside and said, My boy, when a person finishes with confession, you have got to learn to say something other than Wow <laughs> 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 Let's have every head bowed every breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we can deal with these difficult subjects and yet have a spirit of joy. And we just thank you, Father, that it is the joy of the Lord that is our strength. We are not trying to do any of this in our own strength, but we want to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might in all of this. We also thank you for the Holy Spirit that is our guide, that is our counselor, that is there for us every single moment of every day. Hallelujah. And we just thank you, Father, that we understand what our responsibility is as well. And that we do the things that we, are, that we need to do to stay away And keep our distance from sin, the tempter, temptation, and everything else that comes from evil. And we give you all the praise and the glory. For your Holy Spirit in our life. For the angels of God that surround us and look after us. For your word. That gives us divine insight. And also... That is alive and powerful and active to give us the strength, to give us the wisdom, to come against all of these things and be more than conquerors in these areas. In Jesus' name, amen.